Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. So I think that's the silliest thing I ever heard just to hear every time I started recording. Uh, today is uh, July 25th. It's about 3.15 p.m. on the uh, eastern, eastern coast of uh, Eastern Santa Time. My name is Tony Veer, and uh, I am on with er, Ed and er, Adam uh, on uh, the first of six sessions of Happily Ever After. It's a six-week program that is designed to teach you how to be in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams for at least the next 20 years. After then, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so um, um, uh, the program, you know, to be more specific, is intended to give you all of the tools, structures, and information that make relationships work, and at the same time, supporting you in implementing those tools, structures, and information. So they become a part of you, and you're able to have joyous and satisfying relationships that actually work. So rather than me just telling you this stuff, I want it to be in your bloodstream so that you can't help but do it. And mm-hmm. that'll be why and how I talk and the things I bring up. And, and, you know, the more questions you have, the better it is because your questions will tell me how I need to give it to you so you can get it. So, okay. um, so that's, you know, that's um, how we're going to be that's doing That's still how to customize it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because I have the information, but then it's still got to fit in, the, in your brain the way your brain needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing that based on what you asked me about. So, um, again, the call sessions, well, I said it before we hit record, but the calls will be 90 minutes approximately, sometimes a little shorter, sometimes a little longer. But, you know, my commitment is when you walk away, you're like, oh, my God, uh, this was great, and you could start practicing it with the, with the person in your life, your, your wife, uh, you know, your girlfriend, whatever, um, wife, I believe, we talked about here. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't want to get nobody in trouble. I don't want to get nobody in trouble. There's nothing going on. Anybody, if, if anybody's wife is listening to this, I only met wives, okay, really. So, um, <laughs> and so that's it. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to tell you basically what the six sessions are going to be about, and then we'll start in session one. So um, we're going to talk about each session is going to have two halves, what works and Excuse me. Just want to start off with what does not work, then and why, and then I'm going to talk about what does work. So each session is going to have like the two halves: what doesn't work and why, and then what does work and why. And excuse me, and how. And so um, the each session is going to have a different topic. And the first one is going to be um, um, what. Let me let me see. Before I even go there, what I want to say is that the program is designed to help you uh, eliminate neutralize the five biggest areas that stop relationships from working. It looks like there's a billion things, but really there's these five really big areas that get in the way 
and then almost everything else is in one or more of those five areas. Each session will cover one of those five areas. And then we'll talk about what doesn't work and why about that big area. And then I will talk about what works and what to do about that big area. Um, there, might be some, there, there might be some times when you're like, I don't know, it doesn't sound right, I don't trust this, whatever. And I'm going to ask you to um, try what I say on. Just try it on if you, don't, if you have a hard time understanding it or agreeing with it or whatever. I don't think that's going to be the case, but just in case. Just try okay. it and see what happens. You know, you got nothing to lose by trying it, you know, um, and I have total confidence in this. Um, so uh, so the, the, the six sessions, um, each one is going to be on one of these six things. The first session, uh, all of this is about what gets in the way of great relationships. The first and the biggest thing that gets in the way of relationships is not knowing who you are. Anybody that doesn't know who they are will only be able to attract someone else who doesn't know who they are. So not knowing who you are is the equivalent of going shopping in a food store and buying food, and you don't know if you're going to like the food until you try it out, cook it, and eat it. It's hard to be happy when you don't know if what you bought, excuse me, you never know if what you buy is actually something you're going to be happy with. And. <laughs> And, and tr trying to do it with somebody who doesn't know what she wants is like a market. You go there and everything is covered. You buy just something random and you don't know what will come out. Right. Terrible. And by the way, a person who doesn't know who they are, that's the first coaching they need is to figure out who they are. Because from that point forward, it's kind of easy. Not all that easy but a lot easier, if possible now, for them to learn other stuff. But without knowing who you are, you won't know what you do is going to make you happy until the end, until after you found out. Trial and error. You know, it, just, it doesn't work. And so both parties will be mad at each other because they keep trying stuff, and it didn't work, and they're blaming the other one, and they're, you know, making them blaming themselves, feeling guilty, all of this stuff. So the first thing, is you got to know who you are. That's the number one problem in relationships is not knowing who you are fully. That doesn't mean you won't evolve. You won't redefine yourself, reinvent yourself. But you can only really reinvent yourself from a space of knowing who you were in the first place. So I'll use like Muhammad Ali, for example. He was, you know, an African-American who, you know, decided he did not want to go into the military changed his name to Muhammad Ali and reinvented himself as a uh, Muslim. And then later on, he reinvented himself as a, as a um, you know, international spokesperson for, you know, uh, racial equality, even though he wasn't quite as militant as, say, Malcolm X and those guys, right? But like, he kept reinventing himself because he knew who he was. This was a bigger vision for who he was and, and so on and so forth. Um, lots of uh, um, uh, entertainers. Uh, do the same thing, um, you know, and people in our in our lives around us do the same thing. You know, they start one career and they realize that, no, they're bigger than that or they have a better vision. So you can't reinvent yourself if you've never actually identified who you are. And so two people who don't know who they are, man, <laughs> I can't imagine anything more torturous, really. So, um, so that's the first session, too. We're going to discuss that. 
The second biggest issue is not understanding how the opposite sex thinks, not understanding gender differences. That's like 90% of the problem. It's not 100%, 90%. The third issue, I'm even not going to explain it to you. You guys already know I don't understand women. I'm pretty sure. Probably why you're on the call, you know. The third issue is not understanding emotions. That will be session three. Session four is going to be not understanding how to deal with breakdowns and other structural issues, not having enough money, uh, breaking trust, things of that nature. Those are, um, it's the fourth out of the five biggest problems, but that's the one that affects all the other problems, which is why it's so painful. And then the fifth biggest issue is miscommunication, not misses, you know, the lady communication. No, miscommunication as in communication that don't work. <laughs> okay. And that's I actually believe in that number five, and that will be session five. And then session six will be once you learn how to manage all of those first five things, here's what you do. Number six is all about what works. Now, there's nothing about what doesn't work in session six. It usually goes a little bit shorter because when I give you what works at the end, you'll see how everything I had shared with you before ties together, and then you'll see that relationships really are a lot simpler than you think. Um, so I wanted to give you, like, the overall scope of, this, of the program. And uh, anybody have any questions? Because otherwise I'm going to go straight into not knowing who you are. And I know I said a lot of stuff. All right, good. Great, great, great. So uh, session one, part one, not knowing who you are. When we don't know who we are, we can't see who other people are and don't really know what we actually like. We end up guessing and then become surprised that what we thought we wanted is something we really don't like all once or maybe not as much. Not knowing who you really are causes relationship, communication, and self-fulfillment problems because you won't know yourself well enough to say, to tell people what's true for you. Not because you're lying, because you don't know yourself well enough to choose what works for you, to have you make choices that make you unhappy, but you don't know you're going to be unhappy until you get what you asked for. <laughs> so if you don't know who you are, how could you possibly know anyone else? How would you know if Mr. and Mrs. Wright were standing right behind you at Starbucks at a Christmas or Yannicka party or at a, at a gym? Would you be ready? Even if you somehow got them as a partner, could you even handle the abundance of love that would come your way. Ultimately, if you don't know who you are, there's not enough coaching, advice, or therapy that will make a difference in the happiness and effectiveness of any relationship you could be in. Your past, all your memories will dominate you. All your failures and fears will dominate you unless these other things get in the way before that, your emotional triggers, having a mindset of scarcity, your beliefs, your ego, your lack of effort, your quality of character, which probably isn't as strong as it could be 
if you knew who you were because you would be leaning on the quality of your character to know who you are. You know, you might be entitled. You know, you'd have strong suits, which is the things you lean on when nothing else works. You know, your intellect, your money, your blind spots, or something other than who you really are. And you won't know why things aren't working. That's the problem. You just, you just won't know until it's too late. People die because of that very reason. They don't know what works for them until it's too late. So now, here's what you need to know about yourself in order to be happy in a relationship for more than 20 years. I'm going to tell you what they are, and then I'll go into each one of them specifically. There's five things you need to know about yourself in order for you to know um, yourself well enough to be able to choose a partner wisely and be grounded and empowered in your relationship. Here's the hit up. First thing is, the biggest number so one thing is... we need to know about ourselves, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's not everything, but when it comes to relation, you need to know these five things about yourself so that you can recognize other people because you'll be looking at them from the same filter, the same lens. And it's a workable lens. It's a reliably... It's, it's as reliable as a speedometer or a gas meter to tell you how much gas is in your car left. Um, it won't help you read people's minds, but it will help you to see if somebody's a match for you. And here's what they are. Uh, and I'm going to go into each one of them in depth. So the first one is you have to know what your highest aspiration is for a relationship. So one of the things I've learned over the years is that everybody's got like a vision for the for their ideal relationship. But they never, almost nobody ever actually writes it out, gets clear, practices it, gets conscious of it. It's this vague feeling as if it's almost like a forgotten dream. I had a dream, I had a sense of this dream, but I forgot it, but okay, then you go on with your life. Most, and then what happens is when you go into a relationship, you know, you're comparing you, the person that you're in, trying to have a relation with with this unclear, vague vision of how you think a relationship will best work for you or how you think it's supposed to go, which is not the same thing as, like, your highest wish for it. And so um, there's really only, like, five greatest, highest aspirations for a relationship. I'll go into that in a minute. Next, the second biggest thing. Is, the, is your highest aspirations for your life. Like when you are, you know, let's say you are like six months away from passing away, you know you're dying in six months, you're 89 years old, you're laying in a hospital bed and you're thinking about your life. And, and you think about your life and all the big things you really wanted to do, you did. And so, yeah, you're sad about leaving, but you're fulfilled that your life meant something to you in the way it's most important. You achieve the goals you wanted, whatever that is. You need to know what your life is about, your highest aspirations for your own life. That's the second thing. The third thing, you must know what your must-have list is. A must-have list is things that you must have in a relationship that has it work for you. You know, a lot of people have, like, their, you know, their, their uh, checklist, their qualifier list, or they have their red flag list and all of that stuff. 
And one of the things I've discovered over the years is that there are a lot of red flags, smokers, drinkers, partiers, you know, people that are greedy. You know, I have a friend. This blew my mind. I have a friend who um, he, I was kind of jealous of him. I was envious, not really jealous. I mean, I was happy for him. I just wanted what he had. He was in love with a married woman, and he loved her so much. I was envious of how much he loved her. And she was cheating on her husband with him. Uh, over the next 10 years, she ended up leaving her husband. She started being with him, but he had a drug addict, a drug habit. He was sniffing cocaine, smoking weed. He actually had a crack addict habit. He was, he was hooked on crack. And she dumped him, and she was like, I cannot be with you. You're going to have to make a choice. And she left him. And he quit crack. He gave up crack. And I'm, I remember meeting with him in 2001, 2002, and he told me. He was like, I had to give up crack because Sonia was more important to me than drugs. That was like, that was a mind-blowing experience. That a guy can give up crack because he loves his woman so much. You know what I mean? So people can mm -hmm. have these warning signs and all of this stuff. But you can give up being insane, being a, a drug addict, being a smoker, being a cheater. But there are some things you must have that if you don't have, ain't going to work. We'll cover that. I call it the must-have list. It's like I don't care how great your car looks, you ain't got no gas in it, and ain't going anywhere. <laughs> You know, so that's, that's what I mean by must-haves, and I'll explain that uh, in a couple of minutes. The fourth thing is something I personally did not invent, but it's brilliant, called the five love languages. It's by this guy named Gary Chapman. You can find some uh, – I'll explain it, but if you want to go in more detail, all you got to do is go on YouTube and put five love languages, and you'll get all kinds of videos about it. But the bottom line is there's five different ways that people express their love, Usually, they focus on two, and, you know, even though there's 7 billion people, there's only five different ways, so it's not all that complicated about which ones, but you want to be with somebody who has the same love language as you do, and if not, then you need to know what theirs are so you can love them the way they need to be loved. That's the fourth thing. And then the fifth thing, again, I'm going to go into these in detail in a minute. The fifth thing is you have to know what principles your life is guided by. So what I mean by principles is love, generosity, wealth, um, kindness. Values? Like values, values, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah, values, right? So um, you need to know what, what are the main values you live your life by that are consistent with who you really are. Those are the five things. You need to know your highest aspiration for a relationship, your highest aspirations for your personal life, your must-have list, the way you express your love, which is the love languages, and the principles or values or standards that, that are the main ones for your life. So I'm going to go into those in, in detail right now, okay? You guys ready? Sure. Good. Uh, any questions? Any yes. questions? That, that was clear? Questions? So are you going to share any kind of PowerPoint presentation, uh, any kind of document? No, what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that while I'm on this call. What I will do is I'm gonna email you everything I'm telling you. I'm gonna email it to you at the end of this call. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have the recording and you're gonna have the email about exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. 
you won't have my words, you know, like you won't have my sentences. You'll have the main points, as if it was a PowerPoint. But it's going to be an email. But I don't want you to have it now because I want you to just be in the conversation. And then when you see it, if you want to listen to the recording or maybe just watching it, you know, looking at it in your email, it'll be fine. By the way, Adam, you need to give me your email address, but you could do that at the end of this. It'll text it to me, right? So I can to the book. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you say yes, I will send you the PowerPoint. Adam will will, will jump into the pool or something. <laughs> <laughs> no pool. No, no pool. I will get the PowerPoint. Let me see him now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have this as a PowerPoint, man. It's, but it's good, you know. It's interesting. I I, I hadn't even thought about it like that because I, I, you know, interesting. All right. Well, I'm not going to do that today for doggone sure. Um, in the meantime, let me give you this stuff. So. Um, so the number one thing you have to know is your highest aspirations for a relationship. And fortunately, there's only five. Thank God. Now, there's a million different ways those five show up, but there's only five categories. So uh, those five categories in no particular order are uh, following your spiritual beliefs, Meaning, you know, you're, you know, you're Jewish, you're Catholic, whatever it is, you're like, I'm living for Christ, I'm living for Buddha, whatever, right? And then, you know, you want to, this is like the, the model for your relationship. So you're going to want to be in a relationship with somebody that feels the same way about religion, spirituality, like that. That's the first of the five. And again, it's in no particular order, and everybody's got one of them. You don't have three. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go into it even further in a minute. The second one is a life of adventure. Just want to travel around, see new things, discover new things, whether it's partying, global travel, whatever. That's the second thing. And you want somebody that wants to do the same thing. The third is parenthood, family. You know, you want to be the matriarch, the patriarch of the family. You want to have a bunch of kids. You want them to be great. You want to feel empowered as a parent, you know, and then your brothers and sisters, like a life of family. Um, then the fourth is making the difference, whether that means, you know, you're somebody who's a coach or consultant or you're an entrepreneur or you love working for nonprofits and, you know, you know, you're with the Red Cross and you've collected money in front of uh, Macy's on Christmas. I don't know. Whatever that is, you want to do this together with your partner. And number five is um, you want to do better tomorrow than you do today and better today than you did yesterday. So in other words, you're living a life of progress. And, you know, you don't happen to have any particular way progress needs to look as long as you're having it. So those are the five main things. And so now sometimes a person will have a life where, where in their mind, the perfect relationship is where I'm making a difference by traveling. Or the perfect relationship is by, you know, honoring my spiritual beliefs and taking care of my family. But they're taking care of their family inside of their desire to, to, to honor their spiritual beliefs. Like spiritual beliefs first, how to express it may be family, or how they may express it may be making a difference, but religion is first, or adventure is first. Does that make sense to you all? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, great. I didn't, so let, I didn't get the fourth one, like whoa, making a difference. I, I was confused yeah. with that. Okay, so making a difference. You could be like a doctor who loves to 
you know, give birth to children, and that to you is making a difference. You know, you could be a teacher at school. You just love to make kids smarter. You know, you could be a therapist. You want to do, you know, relationship stuff. Like, you want to help okay. people. Like that. Uh, this is this is my personal aspiration. Uh, aren't we talking about aspiration for the relation? Yes. So l- let me explain to you what I mean but what that could look like. So uh, Bill Gates, Bill and Belinda Gates, or excuse me, Melinda Gates, they're a, they're a couple who are entrepreneurs, right? Now, he's an entrepreneur. You know, he's a geek entrepreneur, but he's an entrepreneur. But his wife has the same vision for our life that he does. That's how come they're so successful. They're on the same page together. Martin Luther King and his wife Coretta was on the same page. He was about making a difference. Yes, he was a religious leader, but how he made it, how he uh, made a difference was through his religion and his, and his uh, community stand. Um, you know, when you look at the greatest people that are married, you know, they are on the same page. They're like two peas in a pod together about whatever it is that they're about. I remember watching a, um, a TED Talks. I wish I could remember who, who the couple was. But they were um, doing a TED Talks about saving the lions in Africa. And she was small, short, and um, uh, kind of on the proper side. And he was tall, looked like a car, so they didn't even stand next to each other while they was talking. But they were living the life of their dreams with a partner of their dreams because they spent months at a time in Africa sleeping in a Jeep or sleeping in a tent, keeping track of the, of the lions. They wasn't living in no luxury house. <laughs> I mean, they were watching the lions with their favorite person. That's the thing they wanted to do more than anything. You know, so they was making a difference in their particular life by helping to take care of the uh, ecosystem, by taking care of the lions, because they recognized that the lions were managing, you know, the um, the size of the of the um, what do you call it? Uh, the size of the ecosystem, you know, the the animals' um, uh, growth and, and populations by being lions. You know, they protected the different, um, you know, um, um, populations from overloading or for under underloading or whatever. Like they were the balancing act for the, the other animal populations in the wild. And they saw that. So that's why they were so committed to saving the lion. You know, lions look like they're scary to us, but they serve a purpose in the ecosystem of the wild kingdom. And so they were sharing that. But they weren't just sharing it. It was also indirectly sharing their love for each other and their love for the life they live together. That's why knowing your highest aspiration for a relationship is so important because, you know, relationships are a journey, not a destination. So if you're not journeying on the same road together, that's a challenge. You're just not going to have as much fun. And you'll eventually find yourself, like, separate. You'll feel like you've got a roommate who, you know, you occasionally have sex with and share money with, but not <laughs> a real relationship. You know what I mean? Not the, not like a soulmate, like sex. Right. Okay. Right. 
So, like, for example, I do see uh, if Adam is okay for me to make a comment. So, I mean, uh, for Adam, like, I do see, like, uh, he is more, like, in adventures, and yes. his wife is, like, more like family. Uh, mm. They they are they are both in the same boat in making a better tomorrow like progress. Yes. Uh, and from my life, I know I like making a difference. Uh, my wife really doesn't care that much. Like I, I spend mm-hmm. so much time with students, and I find it valuable. And she, for her, it's kind of like lots of time. Uh, mm. For better tomorrow, yes, we are on the same boat. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think are them? Do, do you agree with my comments on your on, Actually, on you and your wife? I mean, uh, I realized it a few years later after I met with my wife. Uh, she's doing everything, but uh, because my vision is different than hers, my expectancy from her is different. She is trying to do best food. She is trying to make the house perfectly clean. That's fine. I don't see any problem. But instead so, of making perfect cleaning, I, my priority was different. But we realized it later. I mean, uh, my priority at that time was finding a religious lady. And uh, I said, uh, she can be outgoing person. Uh, but it's not my, it was not my priority. Now, it's really, uh, I mean, bugging me that she's not an outgoing person. Yeah, I think Erdem wants like uh, in my case as well. We want we want them to go out in the fields, play tennis with us and stuff. And I think that's what he's trying to say, right, Erdem? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, uh, you cannot find a perfect person, but uh, we our preferences changed. I mean, ten years ago I was also a different person. Now I'm different. That's fine. So as we go through this program. I'm going to show you how to take advantage of the places that you do meet, the places where you can uh, collaborate, where you can play together and have fun. You know, I'll give you an example for myself. I did not know um, how much I did know about relationships until I was in the middle of my second marriage. So I had been a playboy womanizer, so I knew how to get a woman, I actually know how to keep them lusting after me, but I didn't know how to make a relationship work not really until about 11 years ago. And then um, what I bought my, so my first wife, you know, I made her wrong so badly it was crazy, and really I was the jerk, but I did not know that at the time. Now, I do know at this time in my life that we was not going to make it whether I was being a jerk or not. We weren't made for each other, knowing what I know about relationships now. But what I do know, it took me like, I don't know, almost 30 years for me to figure out, oh, there were some things we could have had in common that we could have been doing together. There was at least three things that we were like perfectly aligned with. We were great parents together. Our daughters couldn't do nothing to get in the way of us. You know, it was like we were just great, you know, great together as parents. They could not separate us. Number two, we were great at being hosts. People, if we were going to put an event on together, like, we, you know, Christmas or holidays, we were the perfect host. People came over. There was no problem, no beef whatsoever. Third, if we ever decided to do any kind of project together, 
We were perfectly understood each other. I did this, she did that. We almost never had to even talk. We just kind of like made stuff happen. Everything else was hell. <laughs> Everything else was hell, but and particularly in the money area. But in the areas, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have kept looking for more things we could do that would be great together and start using that to create memories to create a legacy and, and remind ourselves of how much we do love each other and how much we can make the relationship work. I did not know that then. I know that now. And so I'll help you, two gentlemen, be able to do that with your wives, whether you're on the same page with the highest aspirations or not. Because you can still enjoy the journey together. You don't have to do it separately because you disagree with too many things. Does that communicate? Yeah. Okay. So I want to give you the fundamentals, and later on, like, this is just so that you know who you are and you know you can recognize your partner at the same time, your wife at the same time. This is not what to do about it just yet. That'll come starting, really, that'll come starting the third session, really. Um, right now it's just like we're doing inventory is what we're doing, not solutions just yet. Does that communicate? Okay. All right, good. Yeah, so um, – and thank you for that because, you know, it's important that you pay attention to and, and like, take in the work I'm giving you, the information I'm giving you as much as you possibly can. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm great. I'm glad to hear you um, say that, um, you know, what, what the issue is, the differences between where you are and your spouse is. It's great because now that you know that you've got a better chance, you can start doing something about it. And, uh, and I promise to help you with that. So um, the second biggest thing is to know your highest aspiration for your life. Like I said, you're laying in the hospital. You know you got six months, three months to live, and all the things you wanted to do, you either did it or you didn't, and if you did, did you do it the way you wanted to do it or whatever. So you want to really be clear about who am I and what, do I, what legacy do I want to leave. And it's probably going to be one of those five areas but it could be more. But you need to know you as well as who you want, the type of person you want to be with. So, you know, uh, I have a tool down the road, by the way, that I will give you, gentlemen, as is in the homework assignment uh, during the third or fourth session that will help you to answer that thing I just said a little bit more. But you want to really know, like, what's your life's purpose, what you are born here to do, what's the agreement you made with yourself before you was born. So for me, I know that the agreement I made with myself before I was born or I made with the creator before I was born was to have love present on the planet for everyone. And so my doing this with you gentlemen is part of me living my life's purpose. So if I passed away today or tomorrow, I would be sad at the scale, the scope of the difference I made, but I wouldn't be sad at all with the fact that I actually was doing my life purpose. It just wasn't as big as I wanted it to be, you know what I mean? But I was doing it. I am doing it as I speak it to you. And so, so you, you, yeah. you are on the right track, but you don't know if you are living up to your potential. I'm reaching for my potential, okay. and, but I'm on the right road. I'm clear, no questions about it, fully satisfied with the road, and now it's just a matter of how big can I, can I make this game go for me, you know? 
And so the question is, can you say the same for yourself? And if not, what is it you need to do in order to say that for yourself? You know, because then you know who you are and nobody could trip you up, challenge you. They could challenge you, but it won't make a difference because you know who you are so well that you don't even care what they're saying or doing because you're too busy living your life as it's designed. So you need to know who you are. So even if your wife loses her mind, gives you a hard time, screams, rants, and raves, you're still you. Nobody can take you away from you. So you need to know that about yourself. Uh, and again, I will. I think this is this yeah. is very cru- crucial. I think because I do I do see the same pattern in me and in Adam. Yeah. We we have little little bit discomfort and unsatisfaction, and that's why we we tend to try different things. Yes. And we tend to look into different things. So we, it's like we are in the search of finding out the exact path that yes. we fit. Yep. Totally got it. As, you know, as a person who knows himself, myself, speaking of myself, as a person who knows himself, I can see, not before they start talking, and sometimes before they start talking, but I can talk to people and I can tell who knows who they are and who they don't. Because I can see. Me and them. You know, there was a time when I did not know myself. So I could see the parts of me and somebody else that didn't know themselves and the parts of me that do know myself now. And so what happens is we're all connected. We're all made of the same ingredients. It's just in different combinations in different order. You know, we all want love. We all want, you know, aspiration. If you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we all fit in there somewhere. It's just a matter which area we focus in on, but we all have all of those needs. So I can tell when somebody's met that need or when they haven't met that need for themselves. You know, are they struggling with their own identity or with their, you know, regrets? And when you know yourself, you can start seeing through people. It's amazing. And they will love and like you because you're so much a demonstration of something that they wish that they had or you're a demonstration of something that they actually do have, and they congratulate you for being in the same space that they are, meaning the people who know who they are. So, so they want to they be like you. So that's why they, they will be enjoying your company. Yes. Or they already are like you, and so they're enjoying their, your company because they're, they're with a, a fellow person who knows who they are. Okay. You know, either way, it's, it's great. Now, don't get me wrong. There'll be some people who don't know who they are, and they see something about you, and they will confuse your knowledge and confidence of yourself with arrogance, but they can't tell a difference, so don't worry about them anyhow. There's a few like that, not many. <laughs> but don't worry about them because, you know, they can't tell. So, but the okay. second thing, yeah, but the second thing you want to know is what's your life's purpose? Why are you born... What are you here for? And, you know, that will, that's the second most important thing in your relationship. That's the first and most important thing for your own personal happiness. But in terms of being in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams, that's number two because you need to be that clear about how your relationship needs to go for you to be fulfilled because it's a journey, not a destination. So anyhow, so that's that. The third phase 
is you you need to know what your must-have list is. Must-have meaning gas in the car, tire, you know, rubber tires on the, you know, on the four wheels around the car, you know, what really you need to have works. So I'll give you some, some sense of what that looks like for my own personal life. So there's at least a few things that I need to have in a partner myself. I need to have somebody who's either low maintenance or no maintenance. I ain't got time to mess with her and fix her. <laughs> we got, I, my my uh, highest aspiration for a relationship is making a difference. So I need somebody that's willing to make a difference, who's dying to make a difference, whose life is about making a difference. And if we're making a difference, I, she ain't got time to be like, High maintenance, and I ain't got time to fix her. We too busy making a difference. You know what I mean? Like you, me, me trying to fix you is like interrupting our capacity to make a difference. I don't want to do that. So you know what? So that's that's a must have. You must be somebody that don't need a whole lot of handling in order to be like on purpose and on task and being in action. Another thing is, I have to be. I cannot be with somebody who is not fully self-expressed. In other words, they can say whatever they want to say. They can hear whatever I got to say. There's no withholding, full disclosure. That doesn't mean she tells me every secret. That means she's not scared to tell me anything. Because I want her to have some secrets. You know, she needs to feel comfortable with herself. You know, there's too many things she can tell me. Anyhow, we ain't got time to know her whole life. You know, sometimes she might, like, want to pull a, you know, surprise party on me. I don't want to hear that. Keep that a secret. Surprise me. You know what I mean? But when it's talk about real talk, now we need to be able to talk real without getting triggered, you know, things like that. Um, I don't want somebody that's got hang-ups around sex. I don't want to waste my time trying to talk you into having sex. We ain't doing that. So, like, there's some things I know that if I don't have it, the relationship don't work. Because I've seen when I had it and I've seen when I didn't. So I know what I need to have. I got a list of, like, ten things. And um, they got to be there. Otherwise, I know I'm going to have a hard time with a relationship. And so everybody has those two. It's just that most of us don't look at what those must-haves are for them. How you know it's a must-have is when you don't have it, it kills you. Can you say that again? Yeah. How you know that there's something you must have in a relationship, how you know it's a must-have is when you don't have it, you feel like you're dying. It's killing you. Ah, okay. Okay. Like, the relationship just falls apart. It doesn't work. You don't even want to be there when you can't get the thing you need to have. And something feels like missing. Yes. Or something's in the way. Because it could be something that, like, when I say I must have somebody who's low maintenance or needs no maintenance, like they're self they're completely self generating over there. If they're not high maintenance, it's not something's missing, something's in the way. Her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like she's asking for too much attention, taken away from something else. You know, it's, it's drama, you know, it's like defensiveness. It's like I gotta keep making you feel better all the time. Please, can you take care of your own feelings? I love you. I really do. Let's go play something. So, like, sometimes they must have, if it's not there, it's in the way. It usually will be a missing, but it could be in the way. You get to say, you know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Either way, if you don't have it, it's a problem. 
So, um, so you you want to make sure you're clear about what those things are. And then, um, then the last of those five things I talked about. Um, well, excuse me, no, no number four, because I talked about highest aspirations for a relationship, highest aspirations for your life, like your life purpose, uh, your must-have list. Now, next thing I'm going to talk about is what is known as the five love languages or your love languages. So this guy named Gary Chapman, he is a religious leader and also, you know, a writer around relationships. He identified that there are five ways that people express love or, more importantly, need to receive it. And so the five love languages in no particular order is uh, touch, um, acts of service, like doing stuff for people, uh, words of affirmation, you know, communication, making them feel good with your words, um, time spent together, making sure that there's quality time in each other's space, or gifts. Gifts could be, you know, a car, money, you know, a, a, a, a car that was thinking about you, balloons, whatever, right? And so um, I think most people, I think we will not be on that. Excuse me? I said I think we will not be on that. Um, yeah, but not all of them, believe it or not. But it's dramatized as gifts. But yeah. usually, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty much divided evenly. But in the movies and stuff like that, yeah, how come you don't give me gifts? If you're looking online and you're reading, you know, articles about relationships, you know, you're supposed to spoil her and all of that stuff, right? That's not necessarily true across the board. So um, let me explain, you know, what this would look like. If you're somebody who needs to be touched, you want to have public displays of affection, you want your wife to hold your hand and hug you and kiss you in public or like, whenever she wants to, she should. Like, she's not like, well, I can touch you in public. That would be a problem for somebody that likes to be touched. Because otherwise, you're like, why aren't you touching me? Don't you care enough about me to touch me? Like, I'm not attractive enough to you for you to want to touch me to have sex. You know, I've, I've coached women where their boyfriend didn't want to have sex as much as they did. That was a problem for them. I felt bad for them personally because that's not a problem of mine, right? But I felt bad for them. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, and then there's some people that's like, I know I don't talk to you, but I do all of these things for you, right? Those are people that are acts of service. I'll drive your car, clean your house, cook your food, go shopping. I'll do all of this stuff for you because that's my way of showing you how much I love you. I will do stuff for you. Where if somebody doesn't care about acts of service, they'd be like, yeah, that's nice, but you don't talk to me. So you want to know which one of those five love languages are your first and your second or at least your top two. And you also want to know what your wife's top two is because that way if you don't have the same love languages, you could see when they do those things that are not what you like, but she's doing them, you know she's doing it out of love. Let me tell you what I mean. So, so yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. go over. So yes. it's touch, right? talk, spending quality time. Yes. Uh, doing things like acts acts of love, right? Right. Doing things for right. them, right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember the fifth one. Uh, uh, gifts, right? Gifts, oh, buying stuff, right? And uh, also his words of affirmation, right? Like communication. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think your life? What do your wife does? How does your wife interact with you the most? 
Out of those five uh, things, what do you think is the biggest one for her? Uh, you are options, what we do in terms of for five options, or they, which one do they want most? Yeah, which is the one she either does most or wants most? I think my communication is good because she says you talk too much. Ah, so communication is not for her, not the number one thing for her. Yeah. All right, what else? I mean, what else do you uh, I don't buy gifts because it's not my type, but I say that I bought a huge, nice house. It's way mm-hmm. out of my budget, but she, she doesn't want this kind of stuff. She she per- perfectly lives in a nice house, but she wants small gifts, which I don't like. Okay. Uh, I think uh, quality of time, I think I'm doing, she's happy with that. Uh, okay. Because she wants to watch a movie. Uh, I just watch for her, and uh, we have Monday night just for family night. We just watch, eat together at home. So I mean, I try to do that, and she likes it. I know that. Okay, so time spent together—that's awesome. Uh, anything else? What, what, what, is there something you like more than time spent together? Uh, yeah, I like spending time with her, but uh, yeah. And, oh, you like you like you like words of affirmation. You're a communication guy, right? First. You know, I'm very hyper. I'm an outgoing person, uh, and she just uh, says, okay, yes, but I'm really upset that she's just doing it because of me. Uh, she, mm. She's willing to stay at home. Uh, she's not producing any problem. She's doing that, but uh, in terms of uh, sex, because I want. In terms of outgoing activities, because I want. I mean, mm. I want something coming from her. Yes. Uh, that's not yeah, something yeah. I'm re- receiving a lot. Okay, so do you care if you have sex, you know, more than once a week or not? And not of quantity, the quality. Okay. The quality is important. I mean, uh, we are doing poor job at, in a lot of stuff. For example... Uh, when we do some activities, outgoing activities, she is fine with moderate level of activities, but I want to have nice, perfect activity because otherwise I'm not getting uh, happy. She is fine with that. I said, why don't you improve the quality of the activity? Uh, why don't you search something? If we go to, for example, uh, California or Florida, I am expecting her to search some places to go. Right now, I'm going to Turkey tomorrow. I bought a ticket, and I said, hey, we have three weeks together. What are we going to do? Uh, when I was saying that, she's just, uh, you, you figure out it. You just find way, places to go. I'm really upset. I want to spend some time with God. I don't see the same excite, excitation from her. She's not excited yeah. a lot with this because she's not that kind of person. I mean, she enjoys, but she's not very uh, happy that we are going, we are going to do some a good trip to some good places. I want her to find places, but she's not cooperative with that. Okay. You know what it sounds like based on what you're saying? It sounds like you both have, as your first love language, acts of service. You like doing stuff for her, but you also want her to do stuff for you. She likes you doing stuff for her. But she's only thinking about, you know, you doing stuff for her. But does she, does, does she do things for you as well? 
actually, yeah, I think she is tra- trying to do everything. Right? For example, Erdal knows my house she is cooks. clean. She invites people. She cooks. She takes care yeah, of the house. I'm happy with that. Sure. I, I, I, I'm okay. not going to blame my wife. I just want to have yeah. better quality. Do you understand the thing? Yes. Adam wants to be spoiled. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. So check it out. You both of you. So here's here's what there is to do. Then it sounds like, based on what I'm hearing you say, you both have acts of service and time spent as the way you express your love for each other and the way you want to have your partner's love expressed to you. It seems like those are the two main things, acts of service and time spent, which is awesome. She takes care of the house. You know, you do the big things. She does the little things. Y'all spend time together, you know, even if you're not talking, even though you talk too much for her, but still y'all spend time together. She's not mad at the time spent, maybe how you spend the time, but she's not mad at the fact that y'all together. You know what I mean? So it sounds like if you learn how to uh, take, how to make the time spent higher quality, and if you found, you know, ways to, to show her or to let her know what she could do for you that's even more exciting than what she already does, y'all are on the same page. You just haven't figured out how to do it because you're like, you know, like how come you don't do it the way I want you to do it, which is not the same thing as surprising you and, and all of that stuff. So it, it, it sounds like y'all are on the same page, but you haven't figured out you're on the same page. You yes. haven't noticed yeah. you're on the same page. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but but Adam says that you guys are on the same page, so I believe him. <laughs> I believe him. I believe him. So what about you, yeah, Adam? Yeah. What uh, what uh, what what do you say in these five here for you and your and your spouse? Uh, I think she. I mean, the way she expects. But I think uh, uh, I want to clarify something. Yes. Our expectation is kind of being defined by how we like it. So when we are talking about how my wife prefers me to do, it is also the same way she expresses her love, right? Yep. This means, for example, I like uh, I, I like to be touched. So probably yep. I was going to express my love with touching. Yep. Right? Yeah, and and words. I think my other second will be words of affirmation. So okay, that is so. That is, I think, how I will expect to receive them the most, right? Right, right. So when it comes to my wife, uh, I think I feel like she she's she's good at, good in using language and she's open in all aspects of her life. I mean, she can express. She's very assertive. But when it comes to love, she, mm. she doesn't use that much. Like, she's very, I mean, like, yeah, on Viber, she, you know, sends pictures or those, you know, kisses and hugs and stuff. But she's very stingy when it comes to using words of affirmation, which I want the most. And when it comes mm. to touch, she really does it less. But mm. that tells me that her way of expressing love is she she likes doing stuff together. She looks into hotels, going on a vacation together. Uh, time spent. So time spent. Yeah, she she's big on that. 
uh, uh, he likes to talk to me. Not not not about love, but he likes to talk. You know, uh, okay. not doing things together. He's not big on doing things together. Like you know, I keep insisting, oh, let's go to sports. Uh, well, shopping. Yeah, she wants. You know, she wants me to come to shopping. But like, I I think hers <laughs> is, uh, you know, time spent and. What is the other one? Uh, acts of service, gifts. Yeah, yeah. She she she loves cooking. You know, uh, you know, for the family okay. and for me. Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay, great. So you know, you'll get this list, you'll see it, and then you can start keeping your eye out for how the relationship is really going. And you know, you can start doing things that would allow the relationship to to come together. Because, again, a relationship is a journey, not a destination, and your partner is your riding partner, your journey partner. You know what I mean? So, you know, to do the things that is going to make you happiest in your journey together is, you know, the, the goal. Um, it not, it's not so much the goal. It is the thing that works. You know, so it's like being on a great sports team and y'all are winning championships together. You know, it's like, this is part of how to win championships together called, you know, loving legacies that you can't stop crying about because it's so good when you think about it like that. So, all right. So, um, so we, you know, we covered that some. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a chance to – we could talk about it throughout the, the sessions, but I think you'll be able to get it. It's not that complicated. And, again, there's plenty of uh, descriptions of it on YouTube. Um, but I just know that that's one of the key elements to making relations work is you got to be talking the same language love-wise, you know. So, and then um, the last thing is understanding the values that you, that, that you live your life by and also by understanding the values that your partner lives your life by, but really more so you. It'd be really great to recognize the, uh, the, um, the principles that your wife Lives their life by, lives her life by, but it's more important that you know yours. You don't need to really know anybody else's, but it's better if you do. It's not mandatory. What's mandatory is you know which ones you live your life by. And so um, I've got a list that I'm not going to go through. I mean, you know, I've got some stuff on there attention, patience, forgiveness, generosity, commitment, communication, intimacy. I got a list of things that work. I also got a list of things that don't work. Um, uh, avoidance, uh, helplessness, impatience, expectations, uh, suffering, shame, resignation. So I got a bunch of different principles that I'm going to email them to you so you can start looking at, okay, um, what principles do I live my life by and what, which values do I not want to deal with, do I not want to have and I want to support her and not having them either. So they're like guides for how to act and how to build and create your character. And, again, I'm not going to go into them, but I'm really going to invite you to look at them so you can identify which ones closely resemble yourselves. I would say keep the list to about 10 or less. Actually, if you can keep it to five, it's even better. But it's not going to be 50, you know what I mean? Um, and so this will help you stay grounded because 
I know that there's, you know, been signs over the years, cars, you know, stickers on, on bumper stickers on cars saying, you know, what would Jesus do or whatever, right? But, you know, you could use these principles as if to say, what would uh, being loyal, you know, what would, how would I be being if I was being loyal, if I was being courageous, if I was being optimistic, right? So you use those principles to help you define the actions you really want to take and the way you really want to live. So everybody's got, you know, their own unique ones. I know for me, um, there's love, generosity, curiosity, wisdom, accuracy, um, dealing with reality. Like I've got about nine over the years. I started out with about four or five, and my life keeps expanding, so, you know, I'm, I'm adding them to that. But I'm clear what principles I live my life by, and I can tell when I'm not, which is actually even more important than remembering what you are is recognizing when you're not so you can get back on track. So, um, I mean, there's just too many of these words for me to go through them, but if you, you have any questions about it, you know, um, I would say that um, your assignment <laughs> as a part of this first session is to take this list and look at which of these um, principles you would be living your life by and then look them up in a dictionary too, you know, put them on a, a you know, and, and, you know, like dictionary.com is awesome. I only just look up a word, copy and paste it. I'm done. You know what I mean? Rather than flipping through pages and scrolling down and all that other stuff. And so that way you can actually have this and say, well, this is really what, you know, being responsible looks like. This is what sacrificing looks like. And so you can be consistent with the accuracy of those principles, but you get to you get to say because it's your life, and you know you, you get to say. But these are things you need to know about yourself in order for you to be somebody that could be powerfully in a relationship. So those are things you need to know. Um, I'm getting ready to go to session two. Sex, uh, excuse me, the second half, second part of this. Um, but I wanted to see if there's any questions you have, or any comments about where we've been so far. I Don't think we'll be closing it. But... Huh? Don't talk all at the same time now. Come on. Go ahead. Down down. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move forward. So far, so good. Okay, good. Yeah, we are, we are building a good foundation. I think, yeah, we can we can go to the details later. Beautiful. All right, great. All right. Um, all right, so uh, what I'm going to say is um, I'm going to talk about part two. Uh, part two, once you know who you are, then you have the power to do part two, which is to choose a partner wisely. Now, you've already chosen your partner. So when you hear these 10 things, this will be fairly short, unless you've got lots of questions. But when you hear these 10 things, you're either going to be, yeah, we're doing that, or okay, how do we do that? And either way it works, you know, because... You know, if you didn't have, if you weren't married, you could take this information and look for the ideal woman. But if you already have her and she's not ideal, 
And you don't <laughs> want to say that because I don't want you getting in trouble on this on this call in case either of your wives ever listen to this. You don't want to admit that she did not ideal. Your wives are ideal, right? Right? Supposed to say yes, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm protecting you. Try to protect you, man. Come on. I don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah, man. Three three years down the road. What is this thing? I heard you saying to that guy. No, we're not trying to do that, man. I'm trying to save you, you know? Uh, (laughs) So, seriously, um, these are the things that you want in a partner. And if for some reason they're not there for you, you know, we'll learn as we go through how to have it be there for you. Okay. So I'm going to go through the list real quick. I talked about it, but this is like a summary of what you need from your partner in order for them to be like your ideal partner, okay? Choosing a partner wisely, I should say. So um, the first thing is you want to have a unified relationship purpose, a unified purpose. So if you don't have a natural unified purpose, you can create one. So let's say, you know, you got five buddies, right? And, you know, y'all have different visions of life for the most part, but y'all can always find something to agree on and then do that thing. You want to do that with your with your wife, whatever that is. You know, it could be, you know, let's be the best parents possible together. Or it could be let's have the greatest sex life we ever thought we could ever have together. Or it could be let's make the most money that anybody ever seen any human beings ever make or whatever that thing is, but to create and live and partner with a unified purpose, whatever that is. Let's have the most beautiful, balanced life together, whatever. Find and create a unified purpose. It could be your highest aspiration for a relationship, but if your highest aspirations for a relationship are not perfectly matched, then create something. Does that communicate? Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Now, the second thing in choosing a partner wisely is that both of you know yourselves completely. You know who you are. She knows who she is. So y'all ain't got to spend a whole lot of time checking in the supermarket to see, am I going to like this when I get it home? (laughs) One of the great things. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If you if you don't know, you you got you got this package right, and yeah. you don't know yourself, and you don't know whether you are being satisfied or not. So you will be checking on other items, and that will be yeah. stealing from your relation. Yeah, and you know you could be, you know what? I know enough about myself to know that I don't know that, right? <laughs> so you're okay with that. I know I don't know that, and I'm okay with that. Let's experiment. Let's have fun checking it out, right? But at least you know that you don't know, which is the same thing as knowing. Okay. Follow? Like, you're not supposed to know everything. You just know what you know, and you know what you don't know. That's good enough. It's not possible to know everything. It's not even possible to know everything about yourself. you got gifts you may not ever actually tap into, but they're there waiting for you to tap into it anyhow. But you know who you are at the level of soul. You know who you are at the level of spirit. You know who you are at the level of human being, not necessarily your body, your job, your your name, your title, and your family. Does that communicate? 
Yes. Okay. So that's the second thing is, you know, you want to know who you are. She needs to know who she is so that you could actually, like, see each other and, you know, play with each other, participate, and all that stuff. That's the second thing. Third thing, if it's not what I'm about to say, if it's not true now, I'm going to help you make it true. Because, you know, y'all been married. How long you guys been married, each of you? My nine years. Okay. Uh, uh, 12 years. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to say this, and if it's not true now, my commitment is true by the end of this program six weeks from now. So the third thing is life is far better with your wife in your life than without her. And for her, she thinks the same thing about you. That is choosing a partner wisely. If it ain't that now, we're going to fix it because we're going to get the stuff out of the way that's preventing that from happening. But that I want you to have that be one of your goals, okay? Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a great that's a great goal. Awesome. I'm going to help you do that throughout this program here, you know. Uh, the fourth thing, you and your partner both need to be forgiving have have um are skillful in the art of forgiveness. Because you're gonna be making mistakes all the doggone time, you know? <laughs> I don't know how many mistakes you made in nine years, twelve years already, and I don't know how many more you're gonna make. So it's a good thing to learn how to forgive. I uh, no, I think the ladies should be in the training, but uh, whatever we do, they need to be trained also. Well, I could do it separately for them if you guys want to do that. I'll, I'll figure out how I can make that happen. But yeah, no, uh, what, my wife will not accept it. She's perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> same, same here. Same here. <laughs> you know what? You're right. They're perfect. She doesn't need any goddamn training. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to cause no divorce, man. So let's keep it clean on this call here. Okay. <laughs> You guys are funny, man. I love it, man. All right, um, next. <laughs> that was brilliant, man. I loved it. Loved that. The next thing is um, generosity. Y'all need to be extremely generous with each other. That would be patient. That would be uh, giving. That would be um, uh, uh, supportive. Um, yeah. So you want to you want to be generous with her and. If she's not generous, which we're going to say that she is, the both of y'all got the most generous wives in the world, promise. But in case you want to help her to be even more generous, you just demonstrate generosity with yourself, and hopefully your demonstration will teach her even better, more empowering ways to be generous. You know what I mean? Of course. We have to... We have to behave the way we expect, and, you know, yes. the, the behaviors are contagious. So right. So we, we, exactly. we might need to teach them. Yes, you might. But you might not, you know what I mean? Because, you know, hey. So, next. Um, uh, did I say loving? I did not say loving yet. Okay, no, great. You so, yeah, so you want to be demonstrating what love looks like at all times. You want to have lovingness be present in the relationship. You want her oozing with love. You want to have her being dripped with love from you. And it don't have to be, I love you, honey, or holding her hand. But, you know, you, who you just be is she sits there and she looks at you, and she can just 
feel the love coming out of you, and you're not saying anything. And so you want to have lovingness be a, a permanent part of your relationship because that's who you're being and that's who she's being. Um, I'll zoom through the next four because they're, you know, pretty simple. Having the same love languages, from what I heard, we talked about the love languages. It sounds like you guys haven't mastered um, the love languages part, but you all have a matching love languages with your wife, with your partner. So now it's just a matter of how to make those love languages, um, you know, joyful and joyous inside of you with each other. You know, like if she loves time spent, how could you make time spent so much juicier than it already is? You know, if she likes acts of service, how could you make your acts of service to her so much more amazing? So that's what you want to bring in. Uh, uh, number number uh, eight, that was number seven, number eight. And, again, I'm going to email this to you shortly after this. Um, number eight, great sex. Good job. Woo! Job. Ah. <laughs> Your job is to make sure make sure she has orgasms. If she's not having orgasms, you're going to be in trouble. I don't care if you have to. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say something. No, I'm not going to say that. You got to, uh, you know, whatever. You got it. You got it. Yeah. The answers are what you need. Right. No orgasms, you're in trouble. I'm telling you. Telling you. Right. Next. Treat her, treat each other like your family. You're not just spouses. You're family. You're blood. You're as fam- much family to each other as your mom and dad is to you. So you got to treat them like family. That's number nine. Number ten, you want to be in partnership with each other, meaning you each have parts that you do. You like it's like a business where two partners are running the business together, um, and you depending on each other. And, you know, it's out of love and joy and self-expression, but it's more than relationship. Even more than teamwork is partnership. You know, in partnership, when I talk about partnership, I think about, like, the A-team. You guys remember the A-team back in the day when Mr. T was, uh, you know, uh, beating Baracus and and those guys, they only did what Uh, they did. They couldn't do anything else. Like a company sharing the same future. Right. The CEO doesn't do what the CFO does. He watches the CFO, but he needs the CFO to do his job for the company to survive. So you all need to look at each other as a partnership as well as a relationship. I'll talk more about that down the road. But this is, this is it. This is uh, what you need to know, what you need to be dealing with. This is the deal. And by the way, I am finished. Like, that's the, that's the information for today. All right. So uh, you guys got any questions or any statements you want to, like, you know, say anything you're present to? What do you want to say? Anything? Ask. Uh, I just read my email address via text, so you can yes. email me all the stuff you want. Uh, awesome. I mean, uh, so we can do something on the phone in three weeks, but when I come back, uh, after Adol comes back, I think we need to have face-to-face one-time meeting. Uh, yeah. I mean, not just kind of all the time, one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, no, that's fine. If you like, when are you guys leaving? August 4th, right? I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll be here uh, August 17th. How about Adol, you? 
I'm, I'm leaving August 4. Uh, by the way, Erdem, uh, I didn't know you were leaving tomorrow. I think you just bought the ticket today. Yeah, I bought it at 4 a.m. in the in the morning. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. All right. So when you when you come back, hopefully you guys will you know be able to like pay the balance. I'd like that. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> and you know we'll we'll continue on. But I'll send this to you. I'll make sure that you get access to. Uh, I'll invite you to a Dropbox folder that the recording will be in. And then I'm looking forward to working with you guys when you come back. You guys are excellent listeners, excellent students. And I'm looking forward to giving you the rest of this stuff because it gets better as time goes on. I just laid, you know, the foundation for for uh, for what's coming. Next. How how how about phone uh, meeting? So uh, in Turkey, can't I join to you? So I should call. Yeah, we could do a call. We could do a call when you're in Turkey. Just give me a heads up, and you know, I'll make a I'll make arrangements. That's fine. I was doing with uh, Evram. He was in Turkey the whole time when we was doing sessions. So. Not a problem. Okay. You guys let yeah, me know, that right? Will be, that will be better, actually. Yeah, I think it, it will be very good. So when is the next meeting? So, yeah, we can set a time so Erdem can join from Turkey then. Yeah, I mean, uh, so which things do you, do you plan to do it? Uh, just let me know so I can arrange myself. Uh, Tony, which day which day are you available? I, I'm fine. I'm available during summer. Hello? I think he's gone. I think he dropped. Erdem, baş başa mıyız? Huh? Baş başa kaldık diyorum. Yeah, I don't know. Şöyle, ben ee, bir an önce gidip bir an önce gelen lazım ya şu işlerle ilgili ee, onun için aldım biletini derneğine dönem lazım 17 Ağustos'ta onun için bilet biraz pahalıydı baktım 3 e, aşağı 5 yukarı aynı salı da gitsem çarşamba gitsem aldım artık ee, sonuç bariyle ben yarın gidiyorum ama yani Türkiye'de katılırım ben tamam mı? İyi tamam sen bir zaman belirle o zaman bana mesaj at tabii tabii olur irtibat olacağız Tamam, dur şimdi normal telefondan araşalım, şimdi buradan kapatalım, tamam mı? Tamam, yo ben sen onunla konuşabilirsin, ben uyuyacağım sizi, tamam mı? Sen onunla konuşabilirsin, bende bir şey kalmadı. Alo?
Hey, gentlemen, you still there? You gentlemen, you still there? Fellas? Okay. Dang, my battery ran out. Sorry about that. You'll hear it when you get the recording later. All right, I'll get back to you guys in a little bit. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.